I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello everyone, it's me Alex and today is episode 28 of Travel Talks where I'm joined by Pete Donaldson from Football Ramble and one of the world's biggest travel podcasts abroad in Japan. So Saunders was actually away whilst this interview took place so it's just me doing the interview today and in the interview Pete speaks of course about Japan, why he absolutely loves the country, where his love for the country actually started from and what keeps him returning and also the country in the world which comes close to being his favourite. And one last thing before we enter the episode, it'd be amazing if you could click subscribe and leave a five-star review if you haven't done already. But that's all from me, and I really hope you enjoy this one. Every month, I'm like, I, just need, I need to get somewhere. I need to go somewhere. No, one, no one's stopping me from going anywhere, and I should go somewhere. And it's just, it's, I've, yeah, I've, I've just, I'm, I've, it's an illness. I am a sickening freak for the new. I'm obsessed mm. with novelty. I'm obsessed with candy that I, you know, you go to a shop and there's a new kind of candy and I'm like, a new kind of sweet. And I'm like, oh, but I have to have that. I have to taste that. <laughs> Even though it tastes like everything else. We are Chinese mafia. We're this, we're that. Was, uh, our mate who's, uh, who's a civil servant in the NHS, he gets his little badge out and starts flashing that about <laughs> like he's Robocop. <laughs> You look at the tree line at the coast and um, the floats that used to be in the sea bobbing about, the little boys and stuff, mm. some of them you can see in the trees. So the, the, the water had come up so high. Wow. The, the boys were kind of like metres and metres and metres up high to, at the top of the trees and, and they kind of keep the boys there just to sort of go, you know, this is how bad it was and this yeah. is how far we've come. Pete Donaldson, an absolute pleasure to have you on Travel Talks, mate. You were one of the guests which I wanted on from day one. So thank you very much for joining me. How are you? <laughs> pleasure, man. Yeah, it's a Friday afternoon. Um, life is good, or about as good as it, it can be. Lockdown, is it, are we in three or four? I don't really know what lockdown we're yeah, in now, but three, it's, uh, I, think. I think it's starting to really grind people's gears. <laughs> uh, I mean, and I would I would suggest, what is it, 29th we're recording this, so <laughs> you break the, break the momentum if, if this is going <laughs> out weeks in advance. But yeah, I hope, uh, I hope everyone's okay. <laughs> listening yeah i'm really excited to hear about all of your travel stories because of course everyone knows your love of japan but hopefully we can uncover some of your other loves in terms of countries cities and everything else in between i wanted to start by talking about the fact that obviously you love travel and we can't travel Mm. this year how have you found it not being able to travel well i mean I mean, it's two pronged, really. I have itchy feet at the best of times, <laughs> and I just constantly want to travel. I constantly want to leave the country. Constantly <laughs> just want to leave this, the, the the town and city that I'm residing in. But um, yeah, I've found it more difficult than most because I only recently, in the last, I'm, I'm using recently, uh, in the last eight years, discovered 
going places. Um, mm. I was I was sort of in a relationship where my girlfriend would constantly be, my ex-girlfriend would constantly be sort of talking about going traveling. She wants to go traveling again. She, she went traveling in her 20s and she went traveling again. And I always saw it as being like a bit of a cop-out. She wasn't having a nice time at work, so I presumed it was, you know, something to do with that. And then I went to um, Tokyo <laughs> And I lost my goddamn mind <laughs> slash bank account. Uh, and just every every month, I'm like, I just need, I need to get somewhere. I need to go somewhere. No one, no one's stopping me from going anywhere, and I should go somewhere. And it's just, it's, um, I've, yeah, I've, I've just, I'm, I've, it's an illness. It's an absolute illness. And, and I'm, <laughs> um, so I was sort of, I was in situations where I'd be working on, like, I'd be working on Thursday night up until mm. one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. And then my next my next obligation was Sunday afternoon doing a radio show on absolute radio from two o'clock. Yeah. And so I would get an early flight out on Friday morning to like as far as like Turkey. Um <laughs> and then spend like a couple of days just by, usually just by myself, like but not usually yeah. but, but a couple of times the Turkey one, the Istanbul trip was just by myself. Because I was like, I have just never been to Turkey. I want to see what what's I want to see the I want to see the big river. Mm. Um, and uh, and yeah, and I just got there for like a di- under under two days. Did mm. the same like Lisbon and Iceland and and I'd and I'd and Finland and I'd fly back early doors, you know, six in the morning, five yeah. in the morning, um, on a Sunday morning, uh, and I'd go and do my radio show at two o'clock and less stressful on the train from Manchester, to be honest. <laughs> the amount of times I'd, I'd find myself in on the train, uh, on the Pendolino, doing a, doing a radio link pre-recorded in, in the toilet. Um, and yeah, I always managed to make my uh, obligation at two o'clock. I always managed to make my uh, radio show at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday if I flew back to wherever I was after a weekend away. But um, yeah, the trains were just <laughs> were less reliable. But yeah, I, it's a recent thing for me traveling. And uh, yeah, this year has been been difficult. I've, I have got a bit of a reputation of, of trying to get away as often as I possibly yeah. can. But uh, yeah, and, and it's easy to do, I think, when, when you're alone as well. It's easy to do when you've just got a mate or two mates to sort of deal with. So, all right, let's go here. Let's do this. Mm. And I'm always the sort of person. I'm always the ringleader to organize that sort of thing. It's a little bit more difficult when you've got someone you actually care about who yeah. you're traveling with <laughs> because they they don't want to sleep in a hostel. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned solo travel there, and it's an interesting mm. topic and something we've spoken before about on the podcast. What is mm. it you love about solo travel? You can have a lie-in if you want. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can, you don't feel the... You don't feel like you're missing out because it's very much everything's on your terms. It's just, it's really lovely during the day to just do the things that you want to do. It's the evenings that are difficult, I think. Mm-hmm. Drinking mm-hmm. alone, you know, reading reading your phone in a bar and, and just, just to feel like you're doing something rather than just go, going to bed at a reasonable hour. Uh, and and, and yeah, that that's that's when it starts to get lonely. But I think, I think so if you're not a drinker, if you're not a big kind of nightlife kind of guy or, or gal, I think um, solo travel is eminently doable. And I, I would recommend anyone who thinks they've, they've had a good holiday, try and do it solo. <laughs> you have a proper giggle. Nice. <laughs> you can do what you want. Nice. So I want to start speaking about Football Ramble because, of course, mm. you've built one of the world's biggest football podcasts. And in terms of how that relates to travel, I wanted to ask a quick question, which came to my head when prepping for this. Has the football mm. ramble been listened to in every single country in the entire world? I believe so. It's it's one of those kind of things that you look at when your podcast starts. You say, like, mm. "Oh, we got a listener in South Korea, or we got a listener yeah. in uh, this this place and that." You know, Vatican City and stuff. Like, this is in 
interesting. Um, but but truly, yeah, I, I, I'm fairly certain we've ticked off every 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 place on the map. I'm fairly mm. certain that every podcaster gets to listen at least once from each territory because I presume there's some kind of bot that's set up to to listen. Okay. So I imagine we haven't actually been listened to in North Korea, but I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon we've got I reckon we've got something for everyone. But yeah, I, I reckon we have, probably have been listened to uh, in in most places and at scale. I think nice. So I want to take it all the way back now to the start. So mm. 2007, you joined in 2008. Is that correct? Yeah, it was going for a little while. It started as a kind of sort of university project, I want to say, possibly, and then kind of took a couple of years off, and then and then came back properly uh, a year before I joined, and I had access to radio studios, and that's why I, uh, <laughs> why I was uh, why I, I got involved because they needed somewhere to record, and I, I, I as a, a radio DJ had a lot of studios to, to play with. So yeah, that's how I got involved and uh, revolutionized it. Revolutionized yeah, absolutely. it. I did. Absolutely. More than just the producer now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these got me producer P, I remember that. It, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, yeah, it's weird how it all sort of pans out, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And of course there are so many proud moments from the show. 13 years now, of course. So if you had to pinpoint a highlight from your time doing the show, of course it's taking you around the world as well. Is mm. a particular highlight which you could tell me? As it pertains to the show itself, I think this year has been a really strong one just because we brought new people on mm. uh, and, and new new people in that we couldn't have done a, a Monday or Friday show with with just four people. It, it was just mm. it was just unworkable, um, and it was you know becoming increasingly difficult to get everyone you know t- together at the same time and and and. Um, and yeah, it's it's important, I think, to uh, maintain a kind of thread and maintain a sort of style of presenting. But you, you, we we needed people who were good, and we needed people who would, you know, continue the football ramble narrative and continue the football ramble journey. And and this year has been I've been really proud of how that how that's kind of fitted together. Like Kate, Vish, and Jules, and Andy, I'm 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 having a ball. I really am. I'm not under lockdown. I'm blooming it recording shows under <laughs> lockdown. I prefer being in a studio. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 really I'm really vibing, as they would say. But I think um, even as as it pertains to travel, I think um, some of the highlights include um, you know our first trip away, which was. We had trips away, but like the first proper kind of sponsored um, thing was a, a promotion we did with inexplicably Paco Rabanne, the uh, fragrance. Nice. People, one million <laughs> fragrance for men, it was, and uh, yeah, we did. We went to Johannesburg for for the World Cup, and uh, we didn't actually see any of the matches. We just um, we just rented this little kind of I suppose you call it a little villa, and all you know six or seven of us were just in in the uh, in the, in this villa, and we just. Um, we went to like fan parks, mm. and we, so we didn't actually see any football live. And I think we were only there when the semi-final and the final were getting played. Mm. And um, yeah, visiting the the, the fan parks, um, having a crack at playing the vuvuzela and doing the dancing <laughs> and stuff, and and watching the people of Soweto experience something they did never experience in, in some in some of their young lives. Mm. And uh, it was it was a really really fun eye-opening trip and it was it just it just uh it was something else it really was lovely stuff and of course your live shows have taken you around the world and Mm. around the uk too as well so i wanted to touch on your live shows you've traveled around the uk more than most is traveling around (laughs) the uk something you enjoy obviously you've spoken about your love going a bit further afield Mm, yeah i think um the lads always take the take the mic because i would constantly We'd have a we had a minibus. So the last two we 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 did it properly. We we got a a comedy company to 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 sort out all the logistics because mm. 
um, the person who used to do it, who's still with us, is our CEO. Um, it's like herding cats. It is an unlovable <laughs> job for anyone. So I think anyone who's an actual professional. And he was good. He got us our, our backdrop and 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 worked on all of like the, the lights and the um, and the stuff. And it was just a much more professional uh, setup. Our, our tech guy was the guy who drove us around in a in a big van. Um, I I don't like driving in vans, okay. so I went into hock. I spent a, a ridiculous amount of money in 2019 um, just getting on trains and just because I just, <laughs> I, ju- I, I don't like the waiting around for the bus to leave and the wait, like, I, I, and I'd rather just walk to the train station, get on the train and know that I'm moving when I want to move. Okay. I can eat me dinner and I can, I, you know, I, you're not, I, I get a bit car sick as well. I'm not a big yeah. car. I've never driven a car in my life. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would constantly just sort of go, well, I'm getting the trip. And uh, it's t- and, mm-hmm. and they used to take the mick out of me really. But you know, other people were driving, so it was absolutely fine. But uh, yeah, uh, our uh, our tech did a lovely job just getting us to all these places. And uh, yeah, I, I find I find train travel very therapeutic. So that was my, yeah. that was my choice. Um, but yeah, some of the best shows we've sort of played to are, when we didn't, We've done like in Europe, we've done Norway and, and Ireland and places mm. like that. But our, our favorite uh, shows, I think, were probably places like uh, like Manchester. We did, we did some good mm. shows. Newcastle, Newcastle mm. was a big one for me personally because my mum and dad got to see me talking about stuff they I just don't have any idea. About. <laughs> <laughs> just an unlovable, uh, unlovable spot for them. But uh, yeah, and it was yeah, it was a really really good tour, 2019. And like, hopefully, we'll do one again, and we'll have more people yeah. <laughs> at least we'll have more people to get involved thank christ <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned newcastle there you're from hartlepool aren't you mm, yeah, yeah yeah so I, I i always sort of um last time i played football there was this lad who was a, a geordie playing and everyone was just calling him geordie and, and whenever we would come you know come close to each other oh two geordies together <laughs> and he knows i'm not a geordie even though i'm in castle spot i feel like an absolute walter i feel like an absolute liar anyway and like he knows i'm from hype but and i just feel really sort of bad that that, that. <laughs> but honestly everyone down south if you're from north of like i don't know yorkshire you're, you're just a geordie it doesn't matter what you are you're a geordie <laughs> i don't know if you know savannah marshall a professional female boxer Two weeks previous oh, right, yeah. to when this go- episode goes out, I've had her on. She's also from mm. Hartlepool. So we've oh, got, right, okay. got a nice little streak going there. <laughs> That's hilarious. Lovely old job. <laughs> I'm just going to get oh, Jeff Sell in next week and then we're all good. <laughs> the canoe man. <laughs> so she spoke about the fact that when she was living in Hartlepool as a child, she didn't travel much. I wanted to briefly touch on your life traveling as a child. Did you experience mm. travel much as a child? You mentioned that you kind of came to traveling a little bit later in life. Yeah, no, I mean, my, my first flight was 25, I think. I was going to wow. go from Jersey. Uh, I was going to go from Jersey and we'd fly down there every now and again. And, and um, I, I tell a lie, actually. My, <laughs> my first flight was in York, I think. My dad, my mom and dad had taken me to um, something and there was a, it wasn't an air show or something. There was, <laughs> we went to like a fairground or something and this guy next door just had this, might have been Lightwater Valley, but it basically on the site they had this pilot guy okay. who had like a little two-man, three-man plane, and he'd take you up and whiz you around and stuff, and then put you back down again. And my dad thought it was hilarious <laughs> that you know 
he, he would take me up on this in this plane. So me, my dad, and this bloke just went up in this little three-man plane round. I wouldn't do that now. It was so dangerous. I mean, I know it's not that dangerous in the grand scheme of things, but you know, the video the, the, the GoPros where the where the flights go wrong, I watch so many of them <laughs> where they lose, where they're starting to leak oil and or the back of the doors come off and hit the hit the hit the stabilizer at the back. And I'm I, I cannot imagine how unsafe that was. So my first flight was actually that, but no, we didn't really go anywhere. Um, Butlins, I mean, Butlins, mm. uh, like um, we went to Scarborough and Filey. Um, and that was our holidays, really. We, we, we weren't well off. And um, so it was just caravan, caravan parks and stuff like mm. that. Fun. But, you know, I always sort of, pretty much everyone I know down here, they all sort of uh, talk about their little their little trips to France and stuff, mm. even if it wasn't a car. Well, we, we didn't have a car as well, fundamentally. We, mm. None of my parents drove, so... <clears throat> We're quite. Uh, I was. It was quite limited. I think I don't really know the Hartlepool area properly because it was mm. just all on buses and stuff. And and the buses are unspeakable. <laughs> they stop at like six o'clock in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to progress on and move on to talk about abroad in Japan now because as a big mm. fan of the podcast, I can't <laughs> wait to pick your brains on it. So I wanted before we start talking about the podcast itself, we touched on it a little bit earlier. I wanted to ask you what sparked your love for Japan. I, I don't like. I don't like the films. I don't. <laughs> like the anime i'm not a fan of manga um you know i'm not a weird pervert <laughs> so it's kind of like it's just one i i am a sickening freak for the new i'm obsessed mm. with novelty i'm obsessed with candy that i you know you go to a shop and there's a new kind of candy and i'm like a new kind of sweet and i'm like oh but i have to have that i have to taste that <laughs> even though it tastes like everything else mm. just with a bit more salt or a bit more sugar or a bit more thing in it. i'm like well i have to taste that because it's got a, it says it's watermelon flavored and i've never had a watermelon mm. flavor. you know so it's all that stuff so i love novelty and i love stupid witless novelty for novelty's sake um mm. and yeah so so japan was always one of those places where it's like it's going on over there that's ridiculous it's like very bizarre um so yeah that 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 was it for me um when i was uh just out of university 22 i um applied to do teaching as a, as a foreign language i, I didn't mm. really know what i wanted to do I, my, my qualifications were all geared towards like um 3d design okay like making low poly, polygon, polygonal um models for, for video games and, and so i applied for a couple of jobs and they were like they're all kind of like in 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 deepest darkest like banger in wales and stuff and i never mm. sort of i didn't really sort of fancy it. I, I knew i needed to be in london at the very least i need, needed to be in a, in a in a big city after my time in leicester which i absolutely loved i love leicester mm. yeah i, I, I was I, I, I tried to get onto a, a tefl course um in in japan mm. um but just stacked it man I, I i have no regrets but if i did it probably would be one of my my big ones that i that i never uh, got out and lived there for for a couple of years because it was just mm. it, it would have been a lot of fun and I just my heart wasn't in into I I I, mean, I remember I, I did the audition I did the interview and I just stacked it I was just so <laughs> unimpressive I was so shy people who knew me from university um, find out you know I was a radio DJ I do voiceovers you know I, I talk on on, mm. on podcasts and stuff they're they're surprised because they may have heard my podcast and I'm terrible at it but fundamentally they were very surprised because I was very shy back in the day very shy when I was mm. when I was a when I was a university student when I was when I was that age um and you sort of grow on yourself a little bit but I, yeah I stacked that interview so hard um and so I never, never got to live out there I love visiting, and to be mm. honest, when I visit now, I sort of I, I do two weeks, three weeks, and I'm like, yeah, I couldn't live here. It's it's oh, really? it's very 
uh, I'd be very lonely. I think I'd, I'd be very lonely. And it's not a place for anyone who cares about social issues because mm. just women, minorities, it's, it's not, it's not a nice place for them. And so, you know, I'd be sort of doing myself over. I think if I, if I made that, made that leap. Okay. So let's speak about the podcast now. Mm. Um, how did the idea for the podcast come about? So, so again, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a real thirst for Japanese kind of, like geek and geek culture, like video games and stuff, mm. and uh, and and just stupid stuff, and and and, and Chris's and and so J- J- Japanese vlogging is is quite um, it's quite limited in its scope. Frequently, it's 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 just blokes and women who have moved out to teach English as a foreign language, like I was applying to do when I was in my twenties, mm. and they um, and they just sort of you know they just walk around and go look at this and then look at this look at this. Uh, and they put some, you know, sort of Japanese sound music over the top of it, and then, and that's it. And 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 I used to consume these, um, these, this YouTubery. Um, and Chris's was just the best. It was just, mm. it was produced better. Um, it had gags in there. He seemed to be a, 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 a relatively, relatively funny young man. <laughs> and uh, he, um, and yeah, he had these little characters in his little Marvel universe. You know, Natsuki and Ryotaro and Charla and, and people that he knew and uh yeah his 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 films his videos were just a cut above everyone else and he he had a big following and at the same time i was involved in a, in a nascent podcast company stakhanov mm. so we were sort of breaking not breaking away but like um starting to produce the football ramble and other projects as well i was working on a wrestling one with my mate mark and, mm. and we were looking for new projects and stuff and so abroad japan's like one of those ones that's, that's been around for a little while but i he, I, uh, Chris was in uh, London and he was filming something in Atsuki of some kind of um, mm. his his Japanese friend from up in 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 Armor. It's Armory, I think he he lives up there anyway. And uh, he's he's like this hairdresser, but he's this kind of like larger than life. The sort of character you see quite a lot in Japan. These kind of young uh, the, the, these kind of blokes who um, know limited English. But they are incredibly into the music of the West and the, okay. of the people and stuff, and they're and they're they're so uh, interested and interesting, and they're these kind of like charismatic, larger than life characters. And, and and Chris managed to managed to hang out with this really <laughs> funny guy called Natsuki, and and so they were filming something in London, and I was like, oh, I really want to meet that guy. And uh, and so I was I was I did my radio show at, at that point, and I and I, I just got him in, and so I went, look, do you want to do you want to have a chat about your your thing. I, I don't even think it went out on air, you know, oh, really? just, this is probably an exclusive. I, th- I don't think I even put that out on air in the end, but I think mm. Chris, think, Chris thinks I did, <laughs> but never mind. Never mind. He, uh, he, we, we've been stuck together for the past three years and I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's yeah. been good. And so every time I go to Japan, um, I see Chris and we, uh, we usually film something together and, uh, yeah, try and, try and, try and build on, on the success of the podcast. And the podcast has just come from strength to strength, even yeah. though, I'm a man who's resident in, in England and uh, obviously don't get to Japan as, as, as often as I'd like. Because <laughs> mm. I came across the podcast about six months ago in lockdown. Mm. I was searching for travel podcasts and it kind of right. sparked this essentially. And I gave your show a listen. And initially I was like, how can people make a show purely about speaking about Japan twice a week? And ever since I've just been glued to it. So would you be able to give <laughs> a little bit of insight into how you talk about just Japan twice a week? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I'm always kind of quite aware of what Chris has said 
uh, on previous podcasts. We've got, mm. had a lot. We've had hundreds of episodes now. It's been crazy, mm. especially because we went from one one once a week to to twice a week. And yeah, I mean, it's it's a mix of um, new stories because there's always some crazy new stories. There's always some bloody robot doing something, or <laughs> you know, some kind of crazy person who's done something mad and or, or opened a, a shop that sells I don't bloody know puppets, whatever. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. just just uh, there's always something going on, and that's why I love Japan, and that's mm. it, it kind of feeds my. Um, my appetite for that kind of like mania. It's just, it's just a, I love it because it's just a, um, a a nation of like just children who've got jobs and they've got money and they go, I'm going to open a shop that just sells oranges and everyone goes, cool. And they just do it. And it's like fucking brilliant. Um, excuse my language. And he, uh, and yeah, he, yeah, so so we so we do like the the the, the news of the day. Um, we try and uh, put a little bit of kind of uh, culture in there, as in how the West differs to, to to the East, and and a whole bunch of it. To be honest, is just people who've been to Japan and want to go to Japan, and and they mm. they get in touch via email, or we call it the fax machine because Japan's quite mm. unique. It's the few one of the few places in the world that still uses um, fax machines as in, in everyday life. Everyone's got a fax machine. Really? It's, wow. it's them and football managers. So they're the only ones. <laughs> I was reading abroad in Japan's website in preparation for this. And on the website, it states that incrementally you become more fluent in Japanese language with every visit. So I wanted to ask you, how <laughs> fluent are you in Japanese and how have you taught yourself the language? Oh God, not at all. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's one of those, it's one of those ones where, uh, I think just, I've just been learning vocab. So I, I know, I probably know about 50 words. That's it. But they're the words that matter. Yep. Yeah. The 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 ones that, the, the things I find weird about the Japanese language are word order, object markers. There's all for everything you've got, there are counting words. So if you want to say like, I don't know, one cup. Yeah. Uh, one cup. We just say one cup over here, but they've got very specific uh, versions of the word one for mm. things that hold things, things that are short and circular, no. things that are square, uh, things <laughs> that, you know, it's it's just all, uh, there's like a hundred counting words for one thing. There are generic versions of those counting words, but mm. the, there are certain aspects of the Japanese language I know for a fact because I'm never going to live there. That that never say never, but I'm never going to live there. Uh, I'm never going to need. So I just mm. find the basics, find words that that you need to express yourselves. Mm. Difficult, hard, hot, yep. uh, cold, easy, and 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 just and 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 that that's what I've been focusing on. The the the, the three writing um, the three writing uh, alphabets, the katakana, the hiragana. Um, one's used for Japanese words. The other's used for. Um, Borrowed words, romaji mm. words, um, like computer or um, I, d- I don't know, uh, chizu, cheese, mm. um, <laughs> and so they use for that. And then, and then there's the um, the kanji, the very complicated uh, compound uh, it, it symbols that the the, the, the Chinese mm. uh, used back in the day as well. I think I think I'm right on all of these, but yeah, the kanji. I'm just like never never gonna get yeah. me around that. I <laughs> learn hot, cold, chicken, beef. Uh, prawn. I'll, I'll learn all of them because I know what I need to look at if we're in a restaurant. Because a lot of restaurants are just like handwritten menus and stuff, and you okay. get the best, you get the best meals from these kind of like very remote little restaurants and stuff. So I, I know for a fact I don't need most candy. I know for a fact that uh, I'll just learn. Uh, you know, I've just been learning hiragana and karakana, and then I can at least have a crack at possibly figuring out what what um, 
what 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 they're meaning in on on signs <laughs> and stuff. But everything else is just like, can I have a beer? Sorry, just yep. saying sorry all of the time. <laughs> uh, there's a million ways to say sorry and a million different kind of honorifics on top of it to you know be more honourable and stuff. So okay, uh, again, I've learned very few words. Um, Chris always takes to make that that I know more than I actually let on. But no, I, <laughs> I, I, it's it's one of those ones where whenever I travel, I try and learn. You know the you know ten sentences that 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 that, that will help me out. You know wherever I am, um, <laughs> from 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 Sweden to to, to Iceland to, to to Finland to and, and other places that aren't at the north of of the globe. But yeah. um, but I try and learn I try and learn as many as I can. And it's uh, I think I, I think it's nice. The closer you get to England, though, the the better people are uh, are at speaking at speaking English, obviously. And Japan's one of those unique places where. A lot of people don't speak English, and that mm. and that is especially the older generation. And you do kind of need a few Japanese words, although it is getting better. The street signs, the tube maps, everything is kind of it's a lot easier now. Even five years ago, when I started, well, six years ago, when I started going for the first time, um, street signs and stuff, and 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 uh, tube maps just weren't in English in any kind of shape for English speakers or English mm. readers. And now the levels just kind of they understand that that, that tourism is is on the rise and so they've they've changed up a little bit so it is a lot easier uh, to get around and certainly a lot cheaper as well lovely stuff so now is the point in the podcast where i usually ask people what their favorite country is but mm. i feel like i feel like we've already discussed <laughs> it <laughs> yeah so, uh, yeah sorry to bleat on about japan but it is just a bit i i get i get home i get home and i'm just like I've done two, three weeks. And I'm like, I've done, don't need to do that again. I'll go somewhere else the rest of this year. And then about three weeks later, I'm like, ah, I want to go back. Cause I just, I don't know what it is. I just yeah. feel, I feel Zen. I feel calm. Even in the center of Shibuya, even in the center of, of, of the, the busiest and, and most full uh, uh, city in the world, Tokyo. I just mm. feel flipping great. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Lovely stuff. Let's keep the conversation going because I'd love to hear more about like individual memories from trips to Japan. Is there a particular fond memory from a visit to Japan which immediately springs to mind? Waking up on a after a heavy weekend in uh, Fukuoka, uh, which mm. is a which is a, a, a sort of fishing sort of port. It was it was where the Dutch first arrived. They were the first visitors to uh, to Japan, uh, and the, and and you weren't allowed to bring stuff in. You weren't allowed to bring contraband. Uh, but the Dutch um, loved their cheese, and they <laughs> they kept on just hiding cheese about their person, and they would um, and they would you know, the Japanese didn't know how foreigners dressed. So the, the, the Dutch would come in with these trousers that were like old skate trousers, massive mm. trousers, uh, and they'd be hiding cheese <laughs> in them. And that's what always makes me laugh about Fukuoka because all these, all these Dutch people waddling around in massive trousers <laughs> full of cheese, full of contraband fromage. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, Fukuoka, just kind of that kind of horrible, they call it Jisaboke, uh, which is time stupidity over there, um, jet lag. Uh, mm. and and waking up at like five in the morning on a really sunny day in Fukuoka with my mate Alex. Um, mm. Alex saying he, he does a bit of telly and stuff. He yeah. just, our, our podcast Clash of the Titles and and uh, just having a stroll around. And um, yeah, and, and just, I, I just remember the sun coming up and and in the morning, all the old people who would just walk around the Peace Park, walk around the, walk around the park near mm. our hotel and stuff. And I'd be walking around and I'd been up for like hours and hours and hours. Mm. And obviously people would, I think, just going to bed in in, in uh, London. So I was having a conversation with my girlfriend and mm. and um, it was just, it was just really um, peaceful. And, and mm. I think that's, that's, you know, some of the smaller cities can still be very, very peaceful and, and everyone's really friendly. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, actually, the another kind of five AM start with Chris um, last mm. January, um, so the movie start of February. We we went out um, with Chris to film a a piece with some fishermen. So when the uh, when the big uh, you know uh, earthquake and tsunami hit mm. um, just near Sendai, um, it, obviously near Fukushima and all those places like. The water rolls in and uh, you know just decimates this uh, the entire area in this. Um, I can't remember the the, the town we were in, but um, absolutely decimated. It killed you know a whole, an entire generation of people. And um, after the the, the the waters rolled out, as the towns and villages are, are getting back on on their feet, um, obviously there's, there's a government surplus, not surplus, government kind of stimulus packages for these areas to try and mm. try to get them get them back on their feet again. Uh, and so they build these kind of like. Um, new little ports little mini ports for um fishermen and and and, mm. and they and and these fishermen who, who sort of lived their lives on you know picking up salmon and tuna and stuff they started to diversify and um and just basically farm seaweed so they have these big okay. ropes in the water out 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 to sea and 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 they go out and and these seaweed the seaweed just grows on on these ropes and mm. and so so five m we're, we're in this we leave our little kind of business hotel in the, in the arse end of nowhere, and and we we go out with these fishermen and and these really sort of briny kind of old guys, and mm. then they're kind of um they're they're, they're greenhorns, they're, they're they're guys they they're, they're teaching their trade and stuff, and and they're these these incredibly resourceful men, and 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 they've become um sort of quite iconic for their village. They're they're, they're the people who go out and 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 bring in these great halls of um 
of, uh, of, of of grass effectively from the sea, and uh, and obviously um, Japan and, and elsewhere have a have a lot of love for uh, for seaweed, and, and and so they they've made a bit bit of a, a tidy a tidy coin with it. But but mm. but just going through these areas that have been decimated by by the tsunami, and no no one lives there. Um, mm. But these these outposts where all of these um, fishermen and 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 you're sort of coming in from 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 the sea um, after you know chatting with these guys and filming with them and stuff, and they're, they're all blooming lovely absolute mentions and, and and you look in this the, the, you look at the tree line at the coast and um the floats that used to be in the sea bobbing about the little boys and stuff mm. some of them you can see in the trees um so the the, the water had come up so high wow. the, the the boys were kind of like you know meters and meters and meters up high to at the top of the trees and, and they kind of keep the boys there just to sort of go you know this is how bad it was and this yeah. is how far we've come um and we visited a uh it was like a wedding venue this kind of five-story uh wedding venue chris did another video about it later it's well worth checking out mm. um and this and when the water rolled in the tsunami rolled in um the, the, there was this big birthday party happening um with these old kind of middle-aged um and older elderly people um celebrating someone's birthday and it was this old sort of mm. dilapidated wedding wedding venue where you'd go and, and get married like a kind of town hall but, but much smaller and um and when the water started rolling in and the alarms were going off for the tsunami and, and the earthquake and stuff um the uh, the manager of the venue just took everyone up the roof and 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 basically just ma- basically manhandled everyone up because wow. some of them wanted to leave and, and, and go to their um their homes and stuff and people wanted to leave and the people who did leave actually you know they lost their lives they they, they, they broke ranks and they ran for their homes and, and they all died but this manager just had the foresight he was a mm. fisherman he knew how dangerous wow. the sea could be and they know and he knew how what a swell would do uh, to the area took them on the roof and there's this incredibly uh, uh, affecting image of 100 120 people or something on the roof of this of this building and uh it's it the water was up five floors and mm. and he managed to save Wow. 120 people every single person who was in that building uh, uh kept their lives whereas everything else from schools to hospitals everyone died it was it was awful and a dog and one dog he managed to save one dog oh. um which is lovely and uh yeah and so so they've although they've terraformed the entire area around it you know everything's just protected from the sea now um they've kept this as kind of like a beacon like a kind mm. of museum to, to 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 what happened before and so we got to walk around and and to see this dilapidated kind of building that just had it had the innards kicked out of it and you know this old videotapes and mm. old pencils and stuff that had become rotted by the water and and uh, it's just this incredible it's like you know the clocks had stopped you know time mm. stood still at that moment and it was like it was like the it was like the, it was like a um, a shipwreck but it was on on on, on land it was incredible and I, i'm so glad that chris you know allowed me to to tag along uh, for that trip because it was it was really really good but awful at the same time it sounds <laughs> eye-opening but very powerful at the same time yeah i've loved hearing about japan but i kind of want to learn more about different countries and mm. in terms of the favorite country question before we move on is there a country which even comes close um i'll level with you it's going to be quite close to uh japan it's taiwan nice okay cool uh, yeah big big fan of that place if i hadn't been to japan i'd be like wow best place on earth and it, and it is it's like it's got the street food culture of places like uh korea and and i presume i've never been like thailand or, or bangkok or any of those places but um i imagine that um 
it's 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 got a similar sort of culture but yeah it's it's a little bit of china it's a lot of japan mm. um but it's but it's you know everything like the the, the best things about china is that it's uh, you know i've only been to beijing and and mm. uh, and, and, and 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 shanghai but and um, the best parts of of china are just that kind of like ad hoc kind of just people just getting by just kind of this it, the, there's the filth there's the excitement there's the slight danger as well mm. in some towns and it's just really exciting and taiwan's got all that and it's but it's kind of almost run in a in a more japanese style i suppose and i could guess that historically that's that's kind of how how that one panned out but um yeah food is incredible the people are incredible the uh, i love drinking culture you know mm. the, the the drinking is is very good as well and uh yeah some of the most beautiful um parts of uh, of, of the of the world taiwan love love Fantastic. taiwan Love it. Lovely stuff. Love hearing new places as well on the podcast. Mm. So to move it on now, away from countries and more into cities, is there a favourite city in the entire world? Yeah, I mean, apart from your, your Tokyo's and your, and your mm. that. Um, I think, um, uh, I mean, Berlin's got to be up there, isn't it? Just, nice. just I mean, I'm sure you'll hear that time and time again. It's just it's an exciting, vibey place. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Well, well I, have, I have a real sort of habit of like landing, you know, I've been to Berlin countless times, but... Uh, I remember going with the Ramble to mm. to Berlin. Uh, we actually went to see, I think we went to see her Berlin play, um, nice. and it was rubbish. <laughs> it was really <laughs> bad. But um, and it was a nightmare to get back, and we didn't get back there back back into town for for quite a while. Because if you're only there for the weekend, mm. you don't want to get stuck somewhere that, that you're not you know that you don't want to stuck on the end of a uh, you know near the Olympia Stadion where where you, it's really hard to get back into town and stuff. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, we went and weirdly it was like the 25th anniversary of the Berlin Wall falling. Mm. I went to Cluj a couple of years ago mm. in Romania and it was the 100th year. It was, it was 2018, wasn't it? Because at the end of the war, um, it was the 100th anniversary of the unification of, of Romania. So it was just mm. like every time I got these spaces, there's a big party <laughs> going on for no reason. Well, for, nice. for very good reasons. But yeah, it was 25 years since the Berlin Wall came down and... Um, yeah, and that was again incredibly uh, affecting. Mm. Um, you know the the the, the, the plazas and stuff. People just having the right old party. But yeah, I mean Berlin's just got a little bit of everything. It's one of the things where like you walk through Shoreditch nowadays, and and I spent a lot of time in Shoreditch mm. about when I was how long have I been in in sort of England? How long have I been in London? That's probably like twenty years, actually eighteen years. And I, and I spent a lot of time in in Shoreditch when it was kind of you know vibing coming up, and yeah. It was wank. It was just all just people just with stupid haircuts, being idiots and Nathan Barley like people just, you know, um, making a fool out of themselves. You go to Berlin, the same thing's happening because it's but because it's all in German, mm. you're like, it's so cool. Yeah, it's yeah. so cool. But everyone's like unbelievably cool and everyone's <laughs> doing RE stuff and the clubs are amazing, the bars yeah. are amazing and everyone just has a kind of very... I don't know. Maybe it's just their history. Berlin's history is like you know two two nations, and 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 it's just they understand the importance of temperance and people just getting on with each other. And yeah. I find Berlin incredibly uh, exciting. It's just the, the, one of the best cities in the world. Yeah, big big fan of Berlin. Nice one. So you spoke about food a couple of times already. So I'm excited to talk to you further about food. Would you consider yourself a foodie? Uh, I like food and. Mm-hmm. No, no, I don't. Because no. more the thing is, I've made this bed for myself. I've made this, uh, I've made this rod for my for my back because 
you know, when people, you know, like TV, it's just all, t- it's all food mm. and it's just people, it's just the decadence of the West. It's just people going, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> oh, lovely bit of pastry, lovely bit yeah. of bread, lovely bit of it. Look at this food I've made, nom, nom, nom. And it's just, I just find it quite decadent, needlessly decadent. Mm. And, uh, and I, everyone takes a mick out of me, uh, on the ramble and stuff because, uh, you know, I, I'm just like this bloke who can't have nice things because he's refusing to have nice things. Uh, that again, that's that's made a rough on my back. So when I'm in a, a country, I'm like, oh, this is really nice food, but I can't possibly tell anyone about it. But I'm really enjoying it <laughs> because I've been such a dick about yeah. it earlier on. But yeah, I mean, look, uh, uh, Taiwan was great for it. Uh, Korea, Korean street food, obviously, mm. uh, very very good indeed. Um, had some amazing. Man, some of the fried chicken we were down in Jeju, which is a um, mm, an island off the coast south, of yeah, yeah. It's one of the busiest um, plane plane airy plane lanes they call it <laughs> um, air corridors, I suppose, in, in the world from Seoul down to um, Jeju. And uh, I just had the best best um, fried chicken of my life. I know it's not high art, it's <laughs> not it's not high food, but the Koreans just know how to do fried chicken. And and um, yeah, again, Japan uh, is is beautiful for that sort of thing. Okonomiyaki, takoyaki, those mm. little kind of um, pancakes. It's, again, it's you know uh, you know decent steak as well. A five wagyu um, is unbelievably expensive, but um, I, I think I don't think you should if you're a meat eater. You shouldn't uh, depart this earth without trying it at least once because yeah. it's just the best. It's you can't eat much of it, so you can't really overindulge because it's just mm. oil. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's un, it's unspeakably good uh, steak. And yeah, uh, so wagyu steak. Um, I even like the the the, the um, fast food kind of um, off license food of mm. Japan. Japan's so kind of uh, obsessed with quality and delivering a decent product that that the Seven Eleven or family mart or they call it family chicky and stuff like the, the the fried chicken in family mart and 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 the and the you know the the prepackaged meals that you can get heated up at the door like at the, mm. at the counter like normally in england or in america even you'd be like oh this is just it's just a dirty old hot dog with with fluff mm. on it you know that uh the, the, the quickie mart selling but the food is just another level it's amazing and and, and the fat and the fast food and the ice creams i'm obsessed with the brand called coolish which is like yeah. these little pouches of yeah. ice cream and they're just chemicals just chemicals um <laughs> but every couple of months i release a new flavor cola mm grape all these kind of like uh, the the uh there's some really nice uh, drinks as well so yeah i, I like lo- and, and obviously the vending machine culture of, of japan is big yeah. as well so like every corner you can you can go 10 seconds before you're being offered a drink even if you're in the deep starkest um behind end of of nowhere you will be served uh, a vending machine that you can buy some <laughs> some grape juice or something yeah i, I, I love love japanese food um salo i had in i had salo in where were we not Estonia. It would have been Kiev. We had uh, okay. we went out for, for for a couple of for the Euros. Um, we actually got to see some matches, thank the Lord. But uh, yeah, I love the food. I love the kind of goulashy stuff out there. And yeah, I, I, I just I, I'll, I'll try anything. I'll try anything, me. I, I've never understood <laughs> the sort of people who sort of worry about not being able to eat. You'll always be able to get a hamburger somewhere. You'll always yeah. be able to get some 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 some. So you may as well just try everything else. Um, but on a hangover pretty obscure sushi if you ever got like a sushi place on that, i haven't been in osaka and, and me and my mates went right let's get some sushi in and you know we, we had this very sort of um small idea of what sushi is um uh, but it's um you know just this beautiful sashimi on a tiny bit of rice and you know with wasabi and a bit of soy um that was the idea of what uh, of what sushi is but yeah it's um 
proper sushi it's just as my dad used to say when when we were kids kids and he used to eat like octopus and stuff it's like lips and arseholes son lips and arseholes <laughs> it's just bits and bobs uh, and it's just like oh on a hangover you're like oh dearie me you've got to be careful when you're shoving cod raw in your mouth at like 10 o'clock in the morning when you've had a skinful <laughs> nice and of course you mentioned that you'd basically eat anything and Japan, yeah. of course, is well known for the fact that they're quite inventive with some of their foods. Is there a particularly weird food which you can name that you've eaten? I mean, I've never done like the blowfish kind of stuff. I, I tried a couple of times to get in, but again, my uh, travel Japanese, my holiday Japanese didn't, didn't <laughs> see me very well because the guy just threw me out. But um, I've, had, I've had bits and bits and bobs. Horse, horse sashimi mm. um, was quite nice. I think it's called Sakura. Sakura Gyu or something. I can't. Um, yeah, Sakura Tan. I can't remember. But, but Sakura, the um, the blossoms, the pink blossoms, because it's mm. quite pink. And uh, that was um, surprisingly delicious. To be honest, Didn't, couldn't really tell the difference between that and um, and cow. Um, I like. Um, I'm trying to think weird sort of stuff. I like chicken. I mean, you get like chickens' feet and stuff in China yeah. and stuff, and 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 that's uh, and that's pretty pretty normal. Um, they use every part of of the animal and, and as as they should. I've had. Mm. Um, when we're in Soweto in South Africa, um, obviously quite an impoverished part of, of the world, but but uh, obviously it's um, right next to a, a big mountain, and uh, so it's obviously a very popular tourist. But we had uh, my dad used to eat a lot of tripe when we were kids, and I never really fancied it. But then I was in Soweto and I tried this beautifully like peppery tripe, hmm. and that was blooming lovely. Um, so I was a, I was a, I was a big fan of that. Um, yeah, I mean. I, th- I think I tried brains a couple of times in France, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, nice. it's just, it's just, I, I do think sometimes people are just showing off, aren't they? I still, uh, <laughs> every time I get offered, um, every time I'm in a, in a French restaurant and they've got snails on, I always sort of think, I'm going to, I'm going to try snails again. I'm going to try and get a taste for it. Cause you yeah. don't eat, like if, if you eat it for the first time and you, you don't like it, I think that's on you. And yeah. if you try it two or three times, just just try and get a taste for it but mm. snails they just taste like, people taste and think they taste like butter i think it tastes like grass it just tastes like eating grass <laughs> natto is a bad one as well if you if you go to a japanese supermarket or a korean supermarket okay get yourself some natty natto uh it's this kind of like um uh kind of fortified kind of uh going off soybean sort of thing this this this, this um what do you call it when like kimchi they have like uh, it starts to go off fermented, like, no, it? fermented fermented soybean um sort of breakfast and it's very mm. good for you uh but my god it tastes like hell uh but i've managed to get a taste for it it's very <laughs> good for you um but yeah it's, it's one of those things that if you're if you're in a place that sells uh, natto um definitely get your mate to eat it because it'll, it'll <laughs> yeah. be disgusting he or she. awesome nice i'll try that i'm potentially going to go <laughs> south korea this year oh if, lovely if uh, covid allows beautiful let's move on to the question of the show which is perhaps the deepest and provokes the most thought-provoking response and that is the holiday that means the most to you i think to be honest i think the first one i went on with my uh, current girlfriend i suppose nice. my current girlfriend sounds terrible but, but the girlfriend <laughs> my girlfriend um because i'm bang into uh traveling and stuff and i my, i uh i always put myself into like especially when you go go on holiday with your mates you sort of just constantly just saying i'm gonna have two days here two days here two days mm. here and you're just constantly on the move and you are just constantly on the move and um i mean sorry i went to um sorrento uh just just uh near um pompeii mm. and uh i'd been to like i'd been to, i'd had a weekend in in, in sort of um in, in, in Naples uh, before a couple of times and yeah just just drank myself daft but um, <laughs> but this one was like a bit more uh you know we just stayed in sorrento and we had a hotel and we just sat and enjoyed 
I mean, this was this year. This was like between the two lockdowns, mm. um, and uh, oh, sorry, last year. And yeah, we we, we just got away for, for for a week or so, and it was. She doesn't force me to do stuff. She doesn't force us to be anywhere. And it is so relaxing and mm. I appreciate it so much. And it's just holidays should be stopping a little bit. But for me, yeah. they've always been, ah, oh, go to land in <laughs> Japan, land in Tokyo. Then we'll fly to bloody, um, you know, Fukuoka. And then we'll make our way back on the train to throw Osaka. And we'll hit Osaka on a Tuesday. And then we'll, do the, or, or we'll fly yeah. into Denver. And then we'll drive down to um, New Orleans. And then we'll have a weekend in New Orleans. And then we'll go back up to, to um, Memphis and stuff. And it's, so, yeah. it's kind of like all these kind of... Um, and I, I sound incredibly conceited and I sound incredibly lucky that I've got to go to all these places, but it has ruined me financially. Let's mm. make that very, very clear. <laughs> I've spent, I, yep. I would have done, I would have been all right. I look at my bank account and I'm like, what have you been doing for 10 years? You've had a few good years. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, I really appreciate um, the trips you go to with, with her because she, um, she appreciates a little bit of like, like, um, walking around and stuff and seeing, seeing stuff, but she fundamentally treats holidays as they should be treated. It's a bit of relaxation and a chance to That'd read a fun. book and just switch off. And it's just blooming great. Nice. Slows the pace down. Yeah, definitely. So let's, let's, let's be a bit more negative now. Cause we've, we've, we've kind of been overly positive so far. I feel like we should speak about the negative side of travel. Is there yeah. a place in the world which you would never go back to? Reykjavik is a bit overrated. Mm, I think okay. it's one of those places that exploded about, 10 years ago and that was when I started going going on trips and I you know I went a couple of times and I had a lovely time but it's very small the town center is very small mm. and I know it's a bit bloody rich because I am a tourist but it is, it is just very touristy and it's kind of mm. like yeah I'd had it and the second time I went I was just like yeah I, I mean it's, it's just it's just full of tourists and and, and obviously mm. the, the 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 big crash um all those years ago um treated the Icelandics Icelandics it's like very very badly mm. uh and that's the I remember the first time I went that's the thing that they sort of Barked, barked up your mom and anything else. It was just like we didn't have tourism before the crash, and now we are absolutely ruined. And um, yeah, it's a great place. It, it, it is a great place. It is lovely, but it, but the, the the town of Reykjavik, I think, it's just too small for mm. the amount of tourists that visit there every year. And I realise I'm not helping by by being mm-hmm. a part of that. But um, and like the Blue Lagoon, it's just like it's just a thing next to the airport, and it really. But um, <laughs> I didn't have a nice. Time. <laughs> we had a terrible experience in, uh, and it's not, and it's not uh, Shanghai's fault. But uh, we, uh, me, and a couple of friends got a bit drunk, and we we went for some drinks first. Night, we landed in landed in uh, in Shanghai, went to the French Quarter, had mm. some drinks, uh, and you know we we'd been on a flight for like something like thirteen. 14 hours and mm. we landed and, and, and went straight out effectively, put our glad rags on and went straight out. And, and we, we were a bit drunk and the one thing you should never do is try and do karaoke in Shanghai <laughs> or any Chinese big city anyway, because um, unless it's a, you know, lucky voice, if it's a big, if it's a big company that are doing it mm. fine. But yeah, this was just awful because um, we, uh, it, it was like one o'clock in the morning. We're like, I'm going to keep drinking, but there's no places open. Mm. And then a guy goes, do you want to go what, karaoke? I was like, Let's do karaoke. Yep. Uh, and we get in and we sit down uh, and there's a karaoke machine and it just looks like someone's front room and it probably was. <laughs> and then these ladies in negligees just come in and we're like, oh, <laughs> flipping egg. Like these three, like, and there was like millions of them. And I was like, I what? How? What is this business model? And we were like, no, sorry, no, sorry. We just came here to do karaoke. We're fine, fine, fine. And we just started to read the room a little bit and we're like, yeah, I probably mm. want to 
probably want to leave to be honest we, we thought this was a karaoke place the man assured us it was a karaoke place so let's get out of here and uh and yeah and then uh when we got to leave <laughs> they'd sort of go you always like 500 oh. quid or something or just usual clip joint sort of stuff yeah. but it it was a karaoke place like i'd, I'd expected if it, you were you were out for something nefarious. If you were going for mm-hmm. something, to, you know, you're going to a, a, a strip bar or something like that. I would understand if you're going to get ripped off, you're going to get ripped off in <laughs> yeah. one of those places. But it was we were literally just we just want to keep on drinking. Let's do some karaoke, fun. Um, and yeah, we were just uh, and then these lads like I've never seen so many lads come in and start pushing us around. We try and push our way out. And it's just we are we are Chinese mafia. We're this, we're that, it was, uh, and. Um, our mate, who's a, who's a civil servant in the NHS, he gets his little badge out and starts flashing that about <laughs> like he's Robocop. Um, and he, to, to this very day, he is, con- he is convinced that he got us to get out scot-free um, uh, without a, a punch in the face and a, and a march to the ATM with a knife <laughs> in our back. Um, but it was just because me and my mate um, you know, dropped 80 quid each. And that was the way that those stories usually go. And it's the thing they put in the bloody guidebook. If I'd read the bloody oh, guidebook, really, yeah. they literally say, don't do karaoke. There's no such <laughs> thing. It's just, it's just these kind of places. And uh, yeah. And we were just, uh, I was, um, we, we got off really lightly. Uh, and it's, so maybe it did have something to do with Alex. I'm going to name Alex's NHS card. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> Awful, like, and we were just, and after that, it was just, we just had just a couple of days, we just, like, oh, and because we were making our way to Tokyo, um, uh, for our first trip, and we were just like, yeah, we were glad to get in Japan because I kind of understood that place, China. I, I would love to spend a couple of months just going around China because it's just such a unique place, but uh, yeah, I don't think the, the, the nightlife is a bit scary for me, <laughs> <laughs> for my blood. Nice, let's take it on to the final question now, and it's all about dream destinations. So. Where is the first place that you're going to go when you can do after COVID is over? Um, I, I really want to take my, my girlfriend to, to Japan. I, I love that place so much. And, and she's unconvinced. She's not a city break person. She, she, mm. she, 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 again, she just likes relaxing. Um, so I'd like to take her to, to, to Tokyo. <laughs> I'd like to take her to some really busy places. But I'd also like to take her to, because I've never been to Okinawa, like the kind of more um, beachy kind of, kind of um climbs um japan's not known for the beaches at all really um but they're, they're, they're more sort of snowboardy and stuff but they, they, mm. they do have their moments um so i'd let her take her there but um also yeah i mean I, i've always wanted to sort of go to like the sort of thailand kind of or those kind of places okay, the, the cool. kind yeah. of um indonesia and thailand and 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 um those sort of places because i did a bit because it's because for the longest time i was sort of going with mates mm. And like you tell people you're going to Bangkok with your mates, and it's just like, yeah, all right, man, get <laughs> you go to Japan every year, you're dirty power. And so it was one of those places I didn't necessarily feel comfortable sort of going to because it just sounds wrong. I do, yeah. I'm sure that's a terrible bit of stereotyping, but I just ah, it just sounds wrong. Um, so I thought, um, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd really like to sort of visit those places um, with my girlfriend and uh, and just like just have a nice relaxing time um, because I've just discovered this idea that holidays are relaxing, <laughs> not just a chance to kill your liver with eleven days straight boozing. But um, uh, I'd like to do Russia as well. I'd like to do a lot of China. Uh, I'd like to take a month and just do you know the the Caucasus and and, and Russia and mm. and Yakutsk. I'd really like to go to Yakutsk. Uh, nice. Obviously you know, minus 45 in the winter and plus 25 in, in the summer. Incredible swing. I don't know how, in the same way that New York, it's very, very cold in mm. winter, like unbelievably cold. I've done a couple of New Year's there. 
ridiculous and uh and gets very hot in the summer i don't know how the infrastructure deals yeah. with both extremes but yakutsk is like i think it's the biggest swing uh in the world it's it's such um such an interesting place and and i don't really know what's there <laughs> i've always wanted to go to greenland as well this is obviously just um oil ricky people basically people from uh the americas and and, and and people who work in oil over there as well people flying in from like aberdeen and places like that so yeah i'd quite like to do greenland as well and um yeah a couple of other places like that i suppose faroe islands why does nobody got the faroe islands yeah <laughs> go watch some top quality football yeah it's just weird isn't it and pete I, i'm going to trial this question on you i've not asked any mm. of my guests it before but my, right. my, my regular co-host we did it on a previous episode so you can go anywhere in the world with any celebrity where do you choose to go what are you going to do and who are you going to go with ah now because if you're with a, a celebrity that was like very famous like like unbelievably famous yeah. that everyone knew Let, let's say for argument's sake that you don't have to experience the negatives to be recognized well yeah that's what i was thinking because because i remember um ed sheeran he'd spent a lot of time in japan just going up and down but he was just this little ginger boy to this yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't know who he was and so he's like one of the biggest stars in the uk certainly on the world so i'd get like someone unbelievably famous like the bloke who does mrs brown's boys okay um, <laughs> And <laughs> take him round Great China answer. and just get him to just try and break China. They'd be so confused. It would be brilliant. He'd be so confused. And ultimately, it would prevent any more Mrs. Brown's boys from being made. So <laughs> high fives all around, people. High fives all around. Oh, I love <laughs> it. It's even stranger than I thought that answer was going to be. <laughs> thank you so much, Pete. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. And thank you for coming on Travel Talks. I really, really appreciate it. Pleasure. Look forward to listening to the rest of them. So there we go. That was episode 28 of Travel Talks, this time with Pete Donaldson. And it was absolutely amazing. And I know I say this every single episode, but I really did love it. And I really did love talking to Pete. He was a fascinating person with loads of amazing stories. So thanks again to him for coming on and telling all of his stories. And of course, we're going to have loads of new listeners, hopefully, as well, because abroad in Japan is absolutely massive. So if you've got all the way to the end of the podcast where I'm talking to myself, then hopefully that means that you enjoyed it. So if you did enjoy it, we've got 27 other episodes for you to listen to. If you're a fan of sport, then perhaps start with Laura Woods or Tubes. Lots of amazing sporting stories in there. If you're a fan of Japan, then we talk about Japan quite a lot on Travel Talks but particularly in the episode with Savannah Marshall. And before we go, like I said at the start, if you enjoy Travel Talks, then it really, really helps if you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review or just click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. But that's all from me, and we'll be back next week with another episode, this time with myself and Saunders. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.